Okay, welcome, welcome. Thank you all online and in person for being here tonight. We are, oh, am I? Okay, just wanted to make sure the audio is okay. Can everyone on Zoom hear me? Okay, I hear it. I see a nod from Kobe. Let us know at any point in the chat or verbally if you can't hear me. Otherwise, um, I'll just keep speaking at this at this level and we'll ask everyone in the room to do the same. Um, but we are really happy to have you all here. We've done a lot of work in the community since the last time we all um, convened to talk about the Kingsgate neighborhood uh, updates to the plan. And so tonight we're gonna be going over the key themes from both the visioning workshop on November 29th, as well as the community survey that was um, issued and ran from October to December. We also are gonna take time to review the drafted vision statement. Um, hopefully you all had time to at least look at that. If not, it should be in your inbox or it should be here for you all. And we can kind of look at that together later on tonight. And then we'll be going over some of the key changes and the next steps of the, of the process. I'm gonna hop out real quick to um, mute myself because I'm getting some feedback. There it is. Okay. Good to go. I'll reshare. All right, here we are. So, getting it together. So what we've heard so far is a few key things. Hey, Allison. Sorry. No problem. Um, we've heard a lot from the community. We have gotten over 300 survey responses. Nice. I have a breakdown on the screen. It might be a little small for those in person, but out of the 312 survey responses, 286 people were um, identified as residents of Kingsgate. We heard from 13 business owners, 18 employees, um, a lot of students, 15 of those, more than I was expecting, and then a lot of visitors of the Kingsgate area too. And from all that feedback, we've identified a, um, a good amount of challenges or opportunities for improvement uh, within the neighborhood. Most, most specifically and most obvious were some pedestrian and bicycle connection um, improvements that were voiced between different key areas in the neighborhood. So places like Woodenville to, from Kingsgate, oops. Um, we were hearing that folks would like to have more connection to Totem Lake, uh, to the Kingsgate Neighborhood Commercial Center from the residential parts of the neighborhood. Uh, overall needs include um, some sidewalk and pedestrian walkway improvements. So filling in the missing gaps, especially along certain roads um, intersection improvements and less reliance on vehicles to improve traffic flow. Um, one of the other main themes we heard as far as challenges were the need for infrastructure improvements. Um, a lot of hesitation regarding the amount of growth that's projected and encouraged without the appropriate infrastructure to, to support that. Uh, we also heard that redevelopment of the Kingsgate Commercial Center was top priority for a lot of people. Um, but the caveat to that being that the commercial center development does not come at the cost of the smaller local businesses that already exist there. Another identified theme of a challenge within the neighborhood is a lack of public green space, uh, overall tree canopy loss, and uh, public park access. While HOA parks are pretty bountiful within the neighborhood, it was, it was noted that 
public parks, public being open to everyone, um, were, were lacking in Kingsgate. A lot of folks recommended traffic calming measures and better traffic management, especially near the commercial center and up near the border of other jurisdictions like Woodinville, lots of congestion there. Um, it was suggested that mixed use development is placed strategically within the neighborhood to allow people from diverse backgrounds to have affordable access to housing in Kingsgate, but generally folks were opposed to new development and changing the built environment. Uh, we were told that using smart growth techniques uh, to not destroy the neighborhood was really important to the respondents. And what do you mean by smart growth techniques? Yeah, so the smart growth techniques, I don't know exactly the like the list of them. Allison, do you have any input on that? I forget. It's like an overarching theme of growth. Yeah, I would say like 10-minute neighborhoods fall under smart growth principles, mixed use, moderate density near transit. Sorry, you're good. Um, things like that. Yeah, like transit-oriented development and 10-minute neighborhood concept where you can conveniently get to everything you need within a 10-minute walk or, or bike role. Um, some other challenges were economic-based or business-based, so the need for more restaurants, bars, pubs, cafes, basically gathering places, eateries, um, improvements in transportation infrastructure and services was paramount within the survey responses and at the visioning event. I say that that was a common theme uh, throughout each, each activity that we did. Social amenities and gathering places for teens, young adults and seniors is, is also a top priority for the community in Kingsgate, especially the, um, the youth that we spoke with at the Kirkland Youth Council. There was a few, um, a few kids who live in the neighborhood and that was something that they were really pushing for um, when we spoke to them. Some desired type of businesses that we asked folks about and they offered input on were small businesses, beyond food, um, retail shops on the ground floor with some residential at a small scale and low height above, um, arts and cultural businesses, more restaurants, better grocery options is, um, is huge. And we've heard that a lot through the Kingsgate uh, outreach that we've done. Breweries or pubs that are also kid friendly or all ages uh, inclusive. And then a hardware store and a garden store to get a little bit more specific. Okay, why do you want um, residential above uh, the retail shops? Well, that's just what the survey yeah. responses were indicating. Okay. It's like a mixed use concept where the ground level is open for business right. and then above that to allow them okay. and accommodate for more housing. Right, but we don't, above. we don't want to be like Totem Lake uh, or whatever you named it. Um, I thought that was taken... I see it over and over again in all these documents. Which, the mixed use call out? Yeah, the residential in the commercial area. Yeah, that's something that we've heard commonly from um, respondents on the survey and we've heard it within the, um, the Kingsgate visioning event as well. Okay. So I added that to the key themes. But the, but the key understanding though, is that these are things that people have been telling the city that they're interested in, mm -hmm. but there's nothing here that is like, written in stone, this is agreed to, this is what's going to be in the plan going forward yet. Mm -hmm. right. You're just exactly. information gathering, not making decisions yet. Precisely. Thank you. Well, let's see. I think it was, well, anyway, okay. 
We also heard that um, safe walking and biking opportunities for schools and near school zones was really important. More crosswalks and opportunities for um, traveling students to get to school safely is, is a priority. More public amenities, so outdoor gaming courts, open space, indoor activity in community centers that you can go to when it's cold or when it's raining, um, as well as uh, increased density within the multi-family zones or in for increased affordability around Kingsgate, especially near the commercial center, mostly at the commercial center. Um, it was expressed that that is where, if anywhere, we should be concentrating growth uh, in Kingsgate. And so that is, um, that's what that last bullet point is, is alluding to. And you're aware that they're building houses down the street on the main drain. Susan, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Sorry. Yeah. Thanks, Neil. You're talking about the townhouse. No, I'm talking about the nursery. Thank you. Oh, okay. A big nursery was sold, and they're building houses on it, and that's going to create more uh, havoc with the um, with driving on that road. On one twenty fourth, that's up in Woodville. Yeah. Or Bothell, actually. But it does affect. It does affect. Us. Us. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's considered Woodenville, not Kirkland, but uh, yeah, it does affect us every sure. time they do that. Right. And then a key policy uh, direction that I'll be looking to implement in, in my drafted revision to the plan is how to address neighboring jurisdiction growth and how to be a little bit more uh, in sync with the neighbors to the north and even to the to the east and to the west, so mm -hmm. um, it's it does affect the neighborhood here. We're very right about that. Question, of the people that responded to the survey, do you have information about are there younger people filling out the survey versus older people? What do you, do you have any age distribution? Yes, we do. So there was a, a question at the end of the survey. Some folks preferred not to answer, and um, it's in the survey summary that I sent you. It's like a bar graph, I think. Generally, the age range was mid 40s and up, but we did get some 18 to 24 bracket, um, maybe one or two under 18. Not many youth, unfortunately, took the survey, but we did hear from them in other arenas. Um, thanks, Jonathan. If I remember right, the 34 to 44 was like the largest percentage. Okay. Pretty much at and then you had. Uh, Slightly smaller percentages in both the 44 to 54 and the 65 and above. Okay. Yeah, that sounds familiar. So middle-aged and up. Some uniqueness and highlights that you all might be familiar with if you attended the visioning event or took the survey um, and saw the responses and summaries. Just some really great things about Kingsgate that make it unique and what we're looking to really build on in the drafted um, plan updates. So the convenient location that's close to shopping, healthcare, and other amenities and other jurisdictions. We're really close to the wine country in Woodenville, um, accessible to, uh, cities to the north that can provide uh, amenities to the people in Kingsgate. Um, established gathering spaces such as the Kingsgate <coughs> Library, 132nd Square Park, uh, the Snow King Ice Arena, just to name a few, but those are really cherished um, through the survey responses that we've heard from and at the visioning event. Um, access to trails, parks, green space, and walking paths was identified as a highlight of the neighborhood. It really has a residential feel to it, a great network of neighbors, schools, community activities, really involved homeowner associations that provide a lot of um, community gathering opportunities, 
it generally feels very quiet and safe is what we've heard from the respondents. Although there were other responders and other input that we received that safety is a concern for some areas within Kingsgate, um, especially the commercial center and looking, uh, we'll be looking at ways to, to improve that within the neighborhood plan policies or at least call attention to it. We also heard that um, it is a highlight is that it is low density. It's a well-kept single family home neighborhood, um, a lot of neighborhood continuity, uh, no high rise buildings was identified as a highlight. The diversity of the people who live in the neighborhood is, is really strong. And um, there's a lot of different perspectives that make up the neighborhood, different ages, different backgrounds, um, people of all types of abilities. Uh, one major location-based highlight was the Totem Lake Connector Bridge, most mentioned a lot, access and close proximity to the cross Kirkland Corridor and other um, bike and pedestrian infrastructure isn't too far away. The schools are high quality. Um, there's a high percentage of dog ownership, which I didn't know, that's a great fact, mm -hmm. identified as a highlight. And then neighborhood pools that act as community gathering space, like the homeowners association pools. So those are just some of the great things that we'll be looking to in, um, build upon within the updated plan and really uh, double down on. One thing that I find curious, it's like you talk about low density, single family homes, and yet in the previous slide, it's like we want more mixed use. Yeah. That, that there's a, I see a bit of a contradiction. Totally. There. Yes, and it's just a, it's a different perspective that people are bringing and different um, things that they value. Some people really value the low density. Some people see that as an opportunity to increase the density. So we're not um, we're not probably ever all going to agree on that, but it's it does seem that both both have value to them with uh, the neighborhood. Moving on to some new ideas to explore, this was the opportunities table at the visioning event where we got to kind of get creative and think about some new ways to en enhance the neighborhood that don't currently exist. So roadway improvements like roundabouts and other traffic safety improvements that um, can ideally help improve traffic conditions, which is identified as a challenge. Um, Did they say where? In general, that was kind of what I was reading. There were some specific ones that were called out. Um, I don't have the name of the streets uh, at the top of my head, but there are some specific locations that I passed on to the transportation planning uh, mm -hmm. team. Mm -hmm. So they'll be looking at that when they update the transportation strategic plan. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing the roundabout was mostly suggested for that intersection that we share with Woodenville, just above San Michelle. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. I that's think that's the main one, one that was mentioned for around the On this also, we also talked about having one at 136th Avenue and 137th Street. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, yeah. okay. You said 136? 136th Avenue and 132nd Street. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was talked about as a roundabout for it's several years, and then they ended up not building it because it was too expensive. Mm -hmm. But that area is known to have a, a congestion issue. Well, yeah, it's yeah. it's very busy uh, okay. in rush hour. So who would pay for that? Would that be uh, oh. the traffic department, or would that be passed along to the people that live there? Lincoln County, I mean the Kirkland taxpayers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's Kirkland what I'm saying. Taxpayers, everyone, everyone pays for them. traffic. Well, <laughs> one of the subdivision developers provided about a quarter of a million dollars for that 136 to 132nd intersection. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it just wasn't nearly enough. 
to do the roundabout. So mm -hmm. it ended up being just kind of a bit of a reconfiguration of it. I see. And another way that um, transportation projects get built is also with the contribution of impact fees. Mm -hmm. And so when new projects go in, like a new residential project or a new office project, they have to account for how many trips they'll generate with that use. And then that's used to calculate an impact fee amount and that goes towards projects that are on our adopted um, capital improvement uh, plan list. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a few different ways, um, taxes. I don't think it'd be enough, but anyway. <laughs> Some other new ideas that we uh, were asked to maybe think about or explore <clears throat> was a pedestrian and bike bridge um, to connect Juanita to Kingsgate uh, through an I-405 overpass. Um, a stormwater detention system that might be established through public and private partnerships. One thing that I did want to bring to the group, both here in person and online, anybody who has any input on rainwater issues or flooding, stormwater issues, I was contacted by our surface water <clears throat> management team, and they're doing a project in the High Woodlands Basin um, all throughout this year, and they're going to be doing a separate outreach process about <laughs> it for the homes that fall within that basin. But they're going to be looking for potential sites for rainwater improvement um, facilities. So like a, a rain garden or things, things like that. So I wanted to maybe float the question of if anyone here knows of a specific area in Kingsgate, the High Woodlands Basin, um, I should have provided a map, but it's really in that northwest pocket up by Woodenville um, down to the Juanita Creek and kind of over into Juanita as well. But anywhere in the neighborhood that has um, a severe stormwater issue, they would like to know about. So does anyone have any specific sites that I could relay at this time? Or? Well, the only stormwater problem we really had in our area was when they were building 103, doing 132nd Square Park, yeah. that um, their, their the drainage solutions, mm. were, we'll see if they are actually as good as they said they were going to be, but, there were there were some issues early on and some that impact that had an impact on a couple of neighbors near the park near the park okay. adjacent to the park and we're waiting to see if how they did the drainage in the park actually holds up this winter. Right. And, and, and my concern is actually how that Sanderos construction that's going on just north of the Toyota of Kirkland, mm -hmm. where all these houses are on a pretty um, hilly slope. Well, mm. That's going to survive. Well, mm. it's, it's it's detaining water right now. What? You uh, should see, if you look over the, you should see the water that's being held in there because uh -huh. there's a clay seam right through the middle of their project. Uh-huh. But that, no, we digress slightly on that. I would say I have not heard about very many recurring flooding issues in Kingsgate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think what we're seeing is that as there's more development and more, uh, impervious surfaces that there's more runoff just kind of yeah. in general and that's kind of why we did the 132nd park project um so i mean if you think about this as one of those projects where you could have a centralized detention system instead of individual detention systems that could allow some larger redevelopment um but, and then, then that would be up by the commercial area, most likely, and yes. not in the residential areas. At the end of Kingsgate, uh, 132nd, I don't know if it's 
because of the washdock construction project going on right now with that where the two new roundabouts are there's been a lot of flooding there mm -hmm. but i suspect mm -hmm. that's going to be temporary Hopefully yeah it's because but, but, the, <laughs> the ground system isn't that yeah. uh, their, their drains are currently a little bit above the pavement level yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't finished the pavement so well that's helpful and they are um they've they've narrowed it down to six sites um they'll ultimately choose up to three sites and um I think four of the six that are identified are at or near the commercial center. So they're trying to work with the private property owners in that area to, to see what's possible. Um, and I'll be sure to update the group once I know more, but it's in the very same stages. So, so I, I, this is Aaron um, online. I just clear. Are you asking for areas that have water problems or opportunities for a retention system to be installed to collect water so that there's less stress on the system my question was more about the um the the spaces in the neighborhood that flood the most that deal with the water issues the most not necessarily where a facility might go but just knowing where it's where the problem is most severe helps oh, okay. our water team kind of trace that back to where that water is coming from and then they can identify the best uh, place to have those those systems okay in place. thank you yeah Great. Well, that's something I can uh, run by them, and I'll be sure to follow up with you guys once once that starts to get going more in 2024. We also heard that it's important to eventually connect Kingsgate to the CKC, the Cross Kirkland Corridor, uh, and connect the CKC to the East Rail Trail. Um, we want to promote collaborations between commercial parcel owners uh, within the Kingsgate Neighborhood Commercial Center to encourage kind of a planned collective development where the in improvements to that area and the redevelopment doesn't happen in silos with how the property lines are currently laid out, but it would probably take um, some collaboration between the city and the commercial parcel owners together to um, create something that's a little bit more uh, synergistic, like a, a small scale Juanita village or just something like that at a small scale um, but connected and not just parceled out uh, as it currently stands. So that was identified as something to explore. They also want to reduce, or they being the, the themes identified through our outreach, the community would like to reduce service parking that currently exists at the commercial center. There's a lot of free parking uh, spaces there that don't often get used in the amounts that are provided. So looking at reducing service parking where possible um, within that area is important. Assessing the zoning requirements for opportunities to promote the 10 minute neighborhood concept, which as we mentioned, it's just a matter of you being able to conveniently walk to the places uh, that you visit the most. So school, work, the grocery store, a park, um, any sort of recreation, having those within walking distance is um, the key to promoting the 10 minute neighborhood concept. So that has a trickle down effect of traffic relief and uh, sustainability efforts getting getting um, getting us out of vehicles to making uh, an improvement on our uh, greenhouse gas emissions targets, which we have citywide. Uh, we need to aim to reduce those pretty pretty drastically by 2050 is the first milestone. So just exploring ways on how to how to do that, and over 50% of our greenhouse gas emissions are emitted through mobile combustion, so meaning traveling with cars. Mm -hmm. So that is how that connects to the 10 minute neighborhood concept. 
We also heard that renaming the neighborhood to Evergreen Hill is an idea that- Okay, that's an old topic. And uh, there was a um, over 200 signatures regarding that topic to keep it at Kingsgate. Because it would cost too much for all the people to change their signs, their businesses, yeah. and everything else. The, the, the point was not to have anybody change the name of their business. No. The point is, the neighbor, just for the neighborhood plan on no. for Kirkland, is good. to rename it something inclusive yeah. of all of the subdivisions up in the area. It is inclusive I, of everyone. No, Kingsgate yeah. is not inclusive. Neighbors, when I was trying to say that, people would say, why are you doing this? You don't live in Kingsgate. I'm like, yeah. yes, I do. I'm like, no, you live in Hazen Hill. Like, I, oh. it's, well, it, and people more, who live in Kingsgate 3-4. for a long time. But it needs to change if we're now oh, part of and, Kirkland. And we're sure. part of Kirkland. Like that, yeah. Those names existed before the, this East park was... Kirkland. This well, part was I, not or, or something else because part of the I talked to uh, we've talked to people who lived there before Kingsgate developments were yeah, put in right. and they wanted to call the place Juanita Crest but the developer just basically blasted the Kingsgate name over and over again for mm -hmm. the, the major developments that were put up there. Mm -hmm. I live in Forest Grove. Nobody has a clue where Forest Grove yeah, is. No, exactly. I do not live in Kingsgate. Right. And by having that name inclusive of the entire Northeast Kirkland, maybe be the Northeast Kirkland neighborhood yeah. on your planning documents to be more inclusive is, is my point of view. And that is what the people who have been involved with the Evergreen Hill Neighborhood Association for the past 10 years named it Evergreen Hill Neighborhood Association, not Kingsgate Neighborhood Association, because we didn't want people who did not live in HOAs named mm -hmm. Kingsgate to think they had to belong to those to belong to the Neighborhood Association. We were trying to be inclusive of all of the subdivisions of which we have lots of them, uh, in, in yeah. the name, and that's why I don't think I, we need I to revisit that. that. Well, well and, people do apparently. Yeah, like that's yeah, just some a, people like these, do. The respondents of the survey did, and I did encounter that with neighbors. And, sure. I'm like, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people who say no. You're, and they just. But again, if people are going to say you don't live in Kingsgate, then why are we involved in the Kingsgate planning stuff? Well, like, that would be cities. like that. But I'm not. Well, I'm I'm that, the though, like I just do think that. Um, uh, that's the intention behind it is that so many people who don't live in an HOA that is named Kingsgate, if you live within the city of Kirkland and say an HOA is called High Woodlands, a neighbor says, you shouldn't be a part of this survey because you're not King, it's not about your HOA and it, the misnomer causes it's, a bit of confusion. Well, that's just because, like bridal trails. They have several different developments over there, but yet everybody calls it bridal trails. Exactly, and that's so just the same thing. Well, no, it. bridal trails doesn't have a huge subdivision called bridal, bridal trails. trails. That's just it. Like that's mm -hmm. exactly what we're trying to say. Is it yeah. is like it, we want it to be like that because I don't think that um, because I live off of one thirty second on and my address falls within what would be considered Kingsgate, but neighbors in. A, a, an HOA that's called named officially named Kingsgate with you know CCRs that are mm -hmm. so uh, again yeah. the key point is you're never going to get unanimous consensus and what you have to do is figure out what the decision process is going to be and that's, if it's yeah. going to be a vote or is it going to be the council decides or whatever that's 
what has to be done because the neighborhood will never coalesce around the neighborhood. Correct. Well, yeah, and, and it would ultimately be up to city council with maybe a planning commission recommendation to change the name. What I wanted to discuss regarding that is we kind of did some digging into what that process would look like. So I want to mm -hmm. give that information to you all. Um, it is a little bit out of scope for it changing with this neighborhood plan, but if there is a strong um, advert or a strong will from the community, from the working group to, to change it <clears throat> to something a little bit more inclusive or something, a, a larger umbrella term, the pathway to that that could be um, started with this policy or with this plan update would be to add a policy that says something along the lines of explore feasibility of changing the neighborhood. Like that could be a policy within this plan update. Mm -hmm. So if that's a strong recommendation uh, that the working group has or that the community has, I can maybe explore drafting up a policy that you guys could review. Um, do we think that that might be helpful to see? Is that something, I know that not everyone's gonna want that name change. So, and it would require a lot of extensive outreach to not just the working group, not just mm -hmm. the neighborhood association, but the whole neighborhood. Right. Um, and there's a lot more that goes into that besides just um, changing it on the planning document. There's a, there's history behind it and right. there's a lot to do. So I just wanted to give an update that I know that you mentioned in the 2015 comprehensive plan update, it didn't really go anywhere. It kind of stagnated for whatever reasons, but this would be the pathway forward um, if, if that's the route we so, wanted to and, take. At that point in time, staff was very controversy adverse, I would say. And so, mm -hmm. Those of us that would have liked to have changed it, drop, dropped it completely. Um, part of my perspective is if you go around Kirkland, you'll see a sign that says, welcome to the Highlands neighborhood. Well, to me, if we put up a sign going up to our neighborhood that says, welcome to Kingsgate, it does not include the vast majority. And, and that's kind of my vision is what sign is up to, to the entrance of our neighborhood. Well, then come up with a better name. Yeah. I'd yeah. be open to that. And that would yeah, be part of great. Once we have but, that policy. Uh, not that evergreen because we're associated with the hospital because of that name. I, yeah, I cool. Know. Very Brad. Okay, yeah, um, two things. I actually agree with Jonathan's comment. You know, I live in the Forest Grove neighborhood um, near Johanna and I've been mm -hmm. told Actually, my former boss, who, who went, he grew up, went to Kamaka, and he goes, I'll go to the unincorporated area of Kingsgate. You know, in addition to Kingsgate, I have people, oh, since we, since Forest Grove is close to Totem Lake, right, with the commercial centre, I said, I'll go to the Totem Lake area as well. Right? So one of the things <laughs> in the meantime is looking at the vision statement, you start off by going, Kingsgate is a predominantly residential, maybe has a sentence to define what Kingsgate is. Mm. to say Kingsgate is, and have a sentence to say it's not just the HOAs. It is a mm -hmm. geographic area encompassing the northeast area of Kirkland Yeah, to really point that out. And then, you know, and that'll start the process of also educating people what Kingsgate is. For sure. Well, yeah. I think it says <coughs> on some of the maps that I've seen yes. with the city. The Neighborhood Association map, I know, has that, that right. verbiage on there. That, um, but yeah, so with the policy, if, if it were to go into the plan, that creates kind of a, a, a foundation for future work studies or future work that the planning department does. So now that it's a policy, we can say, hey, 
let's explore this, let's take some actions, let's mm -hmm. just explore the feasibility. And maybe it's yeah. not feasible, maybe people don't want it, um, but if, it, if we can at least get the ball rolling with this plan and to look at it though. Quite honestly, I'm, you know, if, if the policy comes up and we come up with something completely new and creative that's not evergreen hill, then I'm sure the neighborhood association would definitely consider changing their name to match Okay. What the residents come up with. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So just explore the feasibility of changing the name to something more inclusive or something more encompassing of the actual neighborhood. Yeah. No, I mean, we don't even have to suggest a name per se. I still, still kind of like with fire. Yeah, we, we have oh, quite a few. Just that were there were I wanted to put plateau in it at one point, you know, yeah. evergreen plateau or something like that. The you know, like plateau. the Spanish plateau. <laughs> but, but I think in the Sorry. meantime, I'd, I'd like that to be called out in the vision statement. Yeah. Thank you. Directly yeah. will be. How about anyone on the Zoom room? Um, I think we just have Kobe and Sage, or excuse me, Shauna. Um, do you have any opinions about that? Just trying to loop you guys in from afar. I'll say that I, I was just typing this, by the way, so thanks for looping me in. Um, Kingsgate 1 and 2 HOA sign says Kingsgate 1 and 2 HOA. I believe it says um, in the Evergreen Highlands, and I'd prefer uh, Evergreen Highlands to Evergreen Hill if we decide on that. It just sounds kind of more suave, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> we already have a Highlands neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, true, true. So the one point I that stuck out to me on this was the connecting the CKC to the East Trail. Um, I, I would like to go a step beyond that. I would like the city to acquire the East Trail that remains um, inside the city limits, right? Mm. The CKC ends at 132nd Avenue because that was the city limit at the time it was acquired. And the city should really own all of it up to the north end of Willows Road. Where the city limit is. That's good input. Thank mm -hmm. you. Okay. Well, good conversation, and it's it's not a closed-ended conversation at all. But uh, moving on to some other key ideas that were suggested that we explore was a way to um, bolster the plan that, or in a way that retains the businesses that currently inhabit the commercial center. So different ideas that were talked about were maybe providing rent subsidies or rent um, regulations or other affordability measures for commercial property owners within the Kingsgate area. Uh, the development of the shopping center should not come at the cost of the existing local businesses. So that's just something that we heard um, from the community multiple times that sure development and redevelopment of that area could could serve the community quite well, but but just recognizing that the businesses that already are there, they have cultural anchors. Um, they provide a lot of services for the for the people currently. So not not displacing them if, if at all possible. And when we're talking about the commercial center, that's where the Safeway is, correct? Safeway down by and then so 7-Eleven, Snow King, Ice that whole okay. plaza, both of those plazas on either side. Pizza Bank. You know, Bartels is closing in that uh, next to Safeway. Yes, it's closing. I don't know what's going in. 
Did Bank of America also close nearby? I know, and there's definitely a car wash, another car wash there. Yeah, Brown Bear. Well, Brown Bear's going in for Chase. The old Sluggers is going to be redeveloped into a fitness. Yeah, F45. I don't know which fitness it is. I noticed there's one thing that hasn't been mentioned. There's this thing behind Safeway called the Casino. Yes, I noticed that. How did that sneak in? It's there? extremely profitable and it's not going to go away. Okay. Right. It's a conditional use. The city gets over a million dollars a year in oh, tax revenue off of it. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, quite profitable. I, you know, that next to the last bullet point you were just talking about, it's a really difficult thing for people to understand that it's impossible to redevelop a property and keep the businesses there. They have yeah. to move. And that happened with Kirkland Urban. All the businesses they were Permanent in Kirkland Urban. Like, well, most of them ended up yeah. permanently moving. They did not move back in. True. Because when you redevelop something, the rents come in at four or five times what they were when it was an old dumpy building, right? And, and it's the same thing with the apartments around the Safeway. If mm -hmm. people are talking about, well, let's let's uh, have greater density. But to create yeah. greater density, you have to tear them all down and build higher density buildings. And that means the rents are gonna be two or three times what they were. So it's a little bit incompatible, the idea of you wanna hold on to what was good about what's there now mm -hmm. and yet upgrade it all and think that there's gonna be no yeah, impact. Or, it's it's, it's yeah. very difficult. And then you lose your walkability because it's like, oh, we're gonna, we're not going to have a shopping center. We'll get in our cars driving then. Yeah, right. have to drive. At least during the, the time of redevelopment. Yeah, right. And you hope to st some stores come back in. Mm -hmm. So, quick question: Is there really no way the casino could be relocated? I'm just genuinely curious. It's like right across the street from a daycare center. Mm. Oh, sorry, I missed that. The casino, is there oh. any possibility of relocating it? I don't think. Well, number one, it would be impossible within the city. Right. Because the city bans gambling unless it was grandfathered <coughs> in because it pre-existed annexation. Which this did. Which, which it did. Yeah. Right. And, and so. The only one that did. Yes. Yes. And so they would, they would have to move out of the city. Uh, and the, the company is not under any desire to do that so right maybe people lost interest in gambling <laughs> I remember walking <laughs> the other day the, the, the parking lot was very full so if they didn't have customers they wouldn't be paid a million dollars a year yeah yeah <laughs> right that was mentioned in the survey uh quite a bit the casino and just the the, the area around the casino and possibility of banning that type of use um but like mentioned it's it's a it's a private parcel and they were grandfathered in so yeah. not not too much we can do unless they chose to redevelop then they we could i think there's restrictions on how much they could they couldn't necessarily increase the capacity or anything like that so they're kind of stuck with what they have or when they decide to move on they would have to move out of the city mm -hmm. if they decide so they own the parcel the property owners do. I don't know if the, that's the same. Oh, it's okay. it's actually owned by the Hockey Association. Oh, okay. And really the casino owner has a long-term lease. Uh, lease on the building. Okay. And uh, and so that's why the Hockey Association is so financially stable. Because uh -huh. they're, they're getting <laughs> and, pretty good rents out of the casino. And it, yeah. did, it did used to house gambling. 
Because that's where There's the Hockey hall. Association had their bingo hall. Yes, that's right. So, that's right. <laughs> and before that, it was uh, roller skating, right? Yeah, roller skating. Okay. Yeah. Susan, I think you were about to say something that keeps the uh, arena going. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It subsidizes the operation of the Hall Ice Hockey Program. So not everybody's aware of these connections. So why? Yeah, anyway. But I'm really curious is if people who were complaining about the casino are complaining about the idea of having a casino in their neighborhood and the social impacts of that, or is there actually concern about increased crime and those kind of things? Because the city could do things about the crime without necessarily shutting down the casino. Mm -hmm. But uh, for, at least from what I see, and I, you know, we're all subscribed to the crime uh, reporting right. sites. That's the problem. There's not. <laughs> yeah. no, it's no, the bars. Never... It's the bars that have the, the problem, not the yeah, casino. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And it's called a casino, but it doesn't have all the slots and all the other things of a casino. It's a card room. Card room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Live and let live. And you, and you don't play cards at least not successfully <laughs> and be drunk at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that is wisdom quote. I haven't heard that. <laughs> Sounds like a guiding principle almost. <laughs> right. well, I just like to keep my money pure. Yeah, right. Shauna, did you have anything to add to that? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I think if the general area was being better developed, like better lighting, then less concern about the crime piece. I think it's just because there's so few businesses open there right now and it's like all adjacent. So that kind of adds to the general nature that currently exists. But I think if there's a solid plan to build it up, then, you know, I, I think they could coexist potentially with yeah. the right plan in place. But she raises an excellent point. 144th Street is extremely dark. It is. And it needs a lot more streetlights than it has now, just for pedestrian and bicycles. Yeah, that intersection is dangerous. People yeah. don't really stop when they're going to take a ride. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of brings us to that last bullet point of established beautification regulations for development within the commercial center that okay. call for pedestrian access paths, native vegetation, and lighting for safety. Uh, that was multiple, uh, mentioned multiple times. So, yeah, yeah if, if we are going to redevelop that area, do it strategically and do it um, in a way that promotes safety and accessibility, um, not just by car. Mm -hmm. And promotes green space. 144th south of 144. Uh, that's pretty dark. It's only got a couple of street lights there. Mm -hmm. Does it? Mm -hmm. um, it's just to the east going up the hill. Yeah. No, going in, um, going west. Going, oh yeah, it's dark there too. Yeah. Kingsday Harbor Lake. It just doesn't feel safe. Yes, yeah, so on 144th west of 144th. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It doesn't about. feel all that safe to walk there at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's not too many lights. You're right. And we did get several comments um, in the visioning workshop specifically about the parking lot of the shopping center. Leandra already mentioned kind of. It's very unutilized, but we got a lot of really specific comments about increasing the lighting, maybe increasing the landscaping in it. So I know we have it on the list to look at ways that we might be able to influence with policy kind of efforts to, to make that employee planning methods to make that more safe or feel more safe. Yeah, more, yeah, more inviting, more, more traffic, because less traffic areas tend to 
um, mm -hmm. uh, attract, you know, CD stuff yeah. sometimes. So mm -hmm. uh, just getting it open and safe and well lit. Um, Personally, I think that parking lot is safe. I need to redesign because the way I've seen people drive around that mm -hmm. and park, it's... Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I was just going to say that because it, it's, it's deadly with that water. Yeah. That parking mm -hmm. It is, yeah. Day um, or night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Um, okay, well, shifting a little bit, I wanted <laughs> to get everyone's opinion on the drafted vision statement. Before we dive in, I just wanted to really relay the importance of the vision statement. We're going to really use this as a as a sort of um, beacon of light to draft our policies. Uh, so it's important that we get good input from the working group and from the community on the vision statement. So once we start drafting the plans, everything we write is to support this. So we want to make sure this is perfect and as perfect as it can be um, for, for the general community. So we can throw out what we uh, see and don't see on here? Yeah, I just wanted to really get everyone's input on the direction of the vision statement. Maybe not wordsmithing or word for word, but if there are certain words that trigger um, a thought that you might think isn't appropriate for the vision statement, please let me know. Otherwise, we're just looking at the main ideas and the, the kind of values that this vision statement promotes uh, in order to, to move the neighborhood forward. Well, my opinion goes back to the commercial center, and on this, it includes retail service and housing needs, and I think housing needs should be taken out of there. Okay. My concern is um, the transportation issue. Um, we have the, um, the low-income housing project. Oh, uh, Kirkland Heights. Yeah, and the, and the best situation is like if most of those people who have to go to Safeway. Oh, it's, yeah. you know, they're schlepping in and it's hard if they don't have a car. Mm -hmm. And um, also just getting in and out of Kingsgate, the whole transportation, if we're going to lower our carbon footprint, uh, we have to do something about transportation. Yeah. We saw walking and bikes are great, but not everybody wants to ride a bike or okay. not everybody wants to walk. Yeah. Or can, yeah. And the buses, they've taken some of the routes back <coughs> in the area. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to propose an addition on paragraph three. Improved and well-maintained parks. I want to say improved, well-maintained and accessible parks. Mm -hmm. <coughs> the reason I say that is 132nd Square Park, there's a lot of reservations required to use it. Right. So I turn it into more of a community park where... People can use it for yeah, there's only like four hours of open <coughs> field time reserved each there, week for general public. Yeah, Those there is open field time. Week, four hours a week. Wow. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, that's a that's a great uh, point. Adding that they need to be accessible to all. Um, Actually, accessible or open. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because the word accessible means mean ADA. Yeah. Maybe we could look at putting something in there of like. Um, Unscheduled, we'll think of a better word, but yeah. unscheduled, you know, because I did, we did hear that at the park opening, I know there was a mom that said her, her kids would go and just play pickup soccer with yeah. whoever was on the field and she was concerned. Spontaneous play. There Spontane you go. Spontaneous yeah, opportunities for spontaneous use of athletic fields. Does the city make money? <coughs> 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 
Fields are reserved? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They're rented by the leads. Do you have water here? Um, oh, thank you, Allison. Thank you. Right over there by the sink. Yeah, sink okay. right over in the corner. There. <laughs> so, um, on the park issue, I think Brad's aware of this that um, uh, while 132nd Square Park was under redevelopment, um, the city stood up a temporary playing field under the power lines to the east of Kirkland Heights Park. Have you heard about this? I think so, yeah. yeah. And then after 132nd Square was finished, then the Kirkland Heights apartment started building new apartment buildings in a parking lot in that space where that temporary playing field had been. And the, the end result after several years of, of work is that the kids in the neighborhood now don't have any place to go except the schools, mm -hmm. right? Um, to to play, and the, the kids in the apartments definitely don't have a nearby place to play. And uh, the city is trying to find some property uh, where a playing field for completely open play, not scheduled play, could be built. And I'm working on the the. the Three quarter of an acre lot that's uh, to the east of the church, between yeah. the apartments and the church. We saw that on the walking tour mm -hmm. with Steve. Yeah, and then there's some property to the north of where the previous field was, along 136th Avenue, where there's a stormwater detention pond now that could be. It, it's also about that size, three quarters of an acre, um, and then there's property on the south west corner of 136th avenue and 132nd street which is under the power lines it is currently just somebody's lawn mm -hmm. and um but it's privately owned it would have to be acquired from them but that could also be just a little place to kick a ball around right on that corner there yeah um so this is all still being explored right now but, but in terms of the vision statement or the neighborhood plan, accommodating that direction would simply be to say that the neighborhood needs more unscheduled, more spontaneous. Uh, spontaneous. 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 That's the best word, yeah. 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 For the volleyball players and the badminton players. Because <laughs> the, the schools are there, but they're a little ways mm -hmm. away. And they're scheduled a lot too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if this is going to happen in the US, but back when I grew up in Western Australia, I used to live across the road from a school uh, where, where there was a big oval, there was everything. The education department decided to fence every school in the state off. So all of the parks were completely blocked. Just weren't accessible at all anymore. Yeah, not accessible at all. Yeah. So um, I do have another comment I'd like to make. So paragraph four extensive transportation by we talk about wanting to be more pedestrian friendly walking you put vehicles as the first word right there's that mm -hmm. bias statement that it's like sure. um yeah. you know we're all fixed to our cars just flip the order just flip the order and put vehicles that's great but yeah back to this uh, first paragraph multi-family development is concentrated near the kingsgate neighborhood commercial center there we go with multi-family it's already that way though. It's already there. Mm -hmm. It's zoned mm -hmm. to uh, accommodate um, like high density residential and 
multifamily. Okay, so it's not really referring to the housing above Safeway. That could be, it could, that would possibly result out of the current zoning that we would need to change the zoning for that. Oh, okay. already if, you, if you look at the zoning map, that shopping center is completely surrounded by multifamily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The okay. shopping center itself, I think, allows heights up to 60 feet already. It's just that it hasn't redeveloped, but it's yeah, already no, allowed there. Right. And, and the whole sentence includes and along transit routes where most infrastructure exists to support it. So it's not mm -hmm. just saying to put the multifamily by the commercial center. Mm -hmm. It is specifying a couple other places. And where else would it be put? We don't have anywhere. <laughs> It would take it would take a developer who wanted to assemble a bunch of existing single-family parcels and and uh, scrape them off. And no, thank you. But that's what it would take. There's not there's not that much undeveloped property yeah. left. In no, Kansas. there's not. Have like have developers approached the city about? one of the parcel like one of the sections of the commercial center um like when i hear people in the survey responses talking about that is that something that's been floated um uh that's ever been contemplated <laughs> is there interest for that mm -hmm. does it mean it would take a private investment a lot of that stuff i i gather that the city has no control if, if no one's going to build <laughs> right. like the, it's not you know the, the city's job or the government's job to, to go and do that, but um, to accommodate when an applicant comes around and says, I'd love to, you know, contact the seller and say, mm -hmm. these three, this part of this building, I'd like to buy and then redevelop it to make it three stories and, yeah. you know, a mixed use or something. And I just wonder, is there even, because ultimately I wondered, I think we discussed it a little bit or scratched the surface in our first meeting um, back in October. And I just wonder like, is that what we would love to answer? Like, would we like to come up with like a pocketbook of answers for potential developers? Or this is what could the, yeah. the residents in the area have, have said, um, uh, you know, on feasibility for that, you know, as part of a feasibility study or something, yeah, something along those lines. We're going to leave that area yeah. alone. That's what the consensus was at the uh, meeting with all the- I don't think any of us have a- Authority, no, but, no, no, no. Um, but like, is had I? I guess I'll go back to my original question, which is, okay. is there interest in in that? I haven't heard of anything in recent history. I yeah. did ask around for planners that have been with the city longer than I, and I haven't uh, been aware of any specific scenario. Allison, do you want to quickly talk about the um, changes to the general kind of land use chapter of the comp plan and how we might in the future explore the the why behind the lack of development yeah if that connects to this at all yeah so we're we're, we're working right now on updates to the entire comprehensive yeah. plan um and one of the things that i've heard a lot from the kingsgate community and the one community since we're working with both of y'all pretty closely um but throughout the city is talking about these commercial centers that are really kind of not necessarily thriving. Um, and I think we're hearing, you know, not consensus, it's not everyone, but I think from the people we've heard from, the majority of folks have kind of commented that we need to look at something that can sort of revitalize those areas, something that's going to encourage more businesses to fill those spaces, possibly look at redevelopment because they could be areas that are already well suited for more housing development because we know we need more homes for the people that are moving to Kirkland. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
It's just proposed at this at this point. It's drafted, and you're getting the preview tonight because Planning Commission hasn't even seen it. But yeah. um, we're looking at a suggesting a policy that would get tell us to really deep dive into the existing zoning of those commercial centers and identify if there's any hurdles to redevelopment. Like one example, it's another one that isn't it's hard to find consensus on, but one example is our parking requirements. We know that we require quite a bit of parking yeah. right now in some areas of the city and parking's expensive to build. So if I was talking to a developer and I say, hey, you have to build this many parking spaces and they say, doesn't pencil, can't do it. If we reduce parking requirements and they still are providing adequate parking, is that a barrier that we could remove to encourage redevelopment? So another one would be you know, the potential for looking at, at what the heights are and if, you know, five to 10 more feet would, would give them another floor to, and all of a sudden six stories pencils out when five stories doesn't, that's an anecdote. Yeah. You know, something like that, looking at what changes we could do to remove some of those barriers that might kind of open the door for, for folks. Cause I, I agree with Leander, I have not heard, that's not one of the hot properties yeah. uh, that we hear no. about. <laughs> Well, I, you know, you look back. Yet, <laughs> I remember when the, when the council uh, rezoned all of the neighborhood commercial centers to allow the additional height for mixed use redevelopment. Was it ten years ago or twenty years ago? It was. It's been a while. Yeah. Right. And and it happened because the state and then the county pushed down to the city requirements to accommodate a huge number of new housing units. Right. Mm -hmm. And the council at the time decided. Um, well, we don't want to rezone the single-family neighborhoods, which is most of the city, right? And so they rezoned all of the neighborhood commercial areas, and then they could count those hypothetical, perhaps maybe future <laughs> housing units against the totals that were zoned for, which is what the requirement is from exactly. the state, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so it was done, the, this rezoning of the neighborhood centers was effectively done to protect the single family neighborhoods for redevelopment. Um, but what I think Allison's exactly right that this is maybe not designed in a way that actually attracts development. Mm -hmm. It solved the immediate problem of meeting the, the state's growth targets, growth targets <laughs> right? but not necessarily in a way where those units would ever really get built. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That segues into my next question. So um, one of the things I heard with the discussion in our last meeting was easy access to Metro and all of the public transport systems. And I've noticed you called that out in the fourth paragraph. One of the things, two suggestions I'd like to put forward is, um, I also talked about moving vehicles to the end, but extensive transportation networks for public transit vehicles, bicycles, basically say, we're going to support Metro, right, okay, to yeah. enable them. And secondly, I like to strengthen the last sentence by saying the neighbourhood benefits from reliable and frequent transit services connecting all residents and both internally and maybe put a sentence is, to, for residents to quickly access those transit services. Because at the moment, the, I mean, I have to walk downhill um, mm -hmm. or I can walk to the street to get the bus that goes once or twice a day, right? Or I'd go um, do a 10 minute drive, right? And once I'm in my car, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna go, oh great, I'm gonna park my car to, you know, <laughs> although I'm looking forward to 
when Sound Transit goes to Redmond, if I need to go to Seattle, I could finally drive to work and then yeah. catch the train. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I think it would be good to call out that, hey, it's the transit's easily accessible for all residents. Sure. Because yeah. it comes, still comes across as some residents are going to get metro, a lot of residents. Well, the, it, it could be cl clarified in that next to the last sentence, yeah. the last sentence of the fourth paragraph, the, yes. the connection to the regional transit network, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's the BRT system or whether it's the metro local routes or whatever it is. Um, but I really like the word internally there yeah. because yeah. I, I think you guys yeah. know, I've been an advocate for many years about having neighborhood shuttles within Kirkland. Yeah. And we really need a shuttling Kingsgate that just goes around the circle, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's expensive. But Kirkland's getting to the point financially as a city where it can afford to yeah, do some right. things like mm -hmm. that and not have our future transit needs completely dependent on Metro. Mm -hmm. Because Metro is more and more inclined to you know, skew their service hours towards areas that are viewed as more needy than Kirkland. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it shows. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they look at these statistics of median incomes and those kind of things, and they think, oh, those Kirklanders can take care of themselves. Yeah. They're all wealthy. Yeah. Well, it's not true. Um, but that's nevertheless the way it works out from a planning perspective. And so we don't get the transit hours we used to get. Well, and, and that's quite clear, because if you drive by church home and you see those, they've rented out a good yeah. chunk of their parking lot Amazon. for Amazon employees to catch... Amazon so, transit yeah. to, to go to leave our area because hmm. Metro isn't doing it. Yeah. And we have the, the Kirkland Heights uh, I when we were meeting at 132nd Square Park for the walkabout. Mm -hmm. I called Metro to get direct, you know, to see the bus scheduling and stuff. Um, I, I, you know, basically I'd have to take the 239 down to the total lane transit then wait and transfer to a, a dart bus up to 132nd Square, the Kingsgate High Apartment, Apartments. And that's not big enough to accommodate mm -hmm. all those people that live in that mm -hmm. complex. Mm -hmm. You know, and Metro doesn't seem to quite want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that and, I'm sure don't have cars. And, and you know what's interesting is, you know, we've got Microsoft, we've got Google, we've got all these high tech. For me, it's most times it's a 15 minute drive from my home in Kirkland to the campus. I decided to take the bus one day just to see what it was like. <laughs> two hours there, it's two hours slow. back, yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. like no, 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 thank you. Uh, but you know, I mean, you got to catch the two two five, the two two five that goes, <clears throat> that bypasses us, goes through Totem Lake, and then goes to. Yeah, but I mean, it's all, it's yeah. an effort. Um, yeah. But I mean, with a lot of these big companies, that's where it, it it'll be interesting to see. Has there been any? Traffic stands where most people go from and go to, and it's like Metro use that data to see can you be able to put a bus route that right. complements mm -hmm. that data. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, it's really it's imp it's important input. Yeah. Um, so we'll 
rework that to it's emphasize like the transportation. The direct one that Microsoft it bypasses us. Yeah. It starts in Totem Lake. You were going to say something before. I'll and, just go with that. Uh -huh. Just to get to Woodenville, <coughs> now that they're redeveloping Woodenville, um, it's a plan that you have to take off to the, um, where the workyard is, I think it's right by the entrance by the freeway, mm -hmm. and wait for the next bus. And it, I think it's not the safest place in the world. It's pretty mm -hmm. I've had friends had their cars broken into. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, so who wants to take the bus to Woodville? You know, right? As I tell everybody, if they don't fix this, I'm going to start driving. Yeah. One of the ideas I think for the the vision statement, I would like. It's a purely stylistic. But that last sentence, making it the first sentence. Okay. So okay. Kingsgate is an inviting, age-inclusive neighborhood in which all people can grow up and grow old comfortably. Everything that we've been talking about so far stems from that right there. And I think starting that there, then that can guide and help organize the rest of the vision statement. Because um, I also just like, from a writing uh, style, Kingsgate is. I know what I'm, I'm about to get a definition or a, or a vision and that introduces right. me to the vision. Yeah. And I think starting with that and then everything else we can kind of organize and style later, but I'm loving all these suggestions, but I'm like, there's our, that's the visions. Mm, that's, that's the, the intro to the vision. That's the thesis of <laughs> yeah. the vision statement. And, if there was one. And in addition yeah. to that, Kingsgate is an inviting and inclusive neighborhood in the Northeast area of Kirkland. <laughs> then you've got that big sentence. You've defined what Kingsgate is. Um, one thing that did stand out to me is I question <clears throat> how, and it's just a food for thought, but the, the phrase tight knit. Um, where that the, the the origins of that in the vision statement because if it is inclusive, tight knit doesn't always scream inclusive sure. and welcoming, no, and inviting yeah. and inviting. Yeah. Like, I mean, clickish. It's uh, right. yeah, and I think it screams that a little <laughs> bit more than town feel. I... Things like that that I just think we want to celebrate our diversity, make sure that you're feel. coming here um, and invite more people here and uh, show that there's demand to live here that those developers can come in. Create that housing that we want. <laughs> yeah, community sounds good. Community uh, feel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. uh, tight knit could also feel as, you know, we are our own little enclave. Right? Seattle freeze. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah it's so tight knit. Am I, if, they, if I don't fit in the Where net, I will I? I, I yeah. 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 Um, there's a piece of legislation. I just saw a glimpse at the thing. That um, at a meet, as the assembly committees passed uh, a change where single-family lots could be divided in half for uh, tiny homes, um, it just got voted out of committee, and I don't know. Will that supersede HOA rules? I, we haven't reviewed, at least planning hasn't reviewed that one yet. Um, I, I just heard about it this afternoon. I'm guessing it's in my big box to review um, for the legislative work group. That's for subdivision? Or I think it has to do with reducing minimum lot sizes or yeah. capping minimum lot sizes. Okay. So it would open up yeah. a lot more land for redevelopment. Um, I know we did some research, our city attorney's office helped us do some research into how HOAs were impacted by the middle housing legislation that passed last year. So we probably need to look at it again with them. But we can try to do some of that research before we, we meet with you again. Because 
Typically, those laws can't supersede uh, HOA because that's a property right, but it depends on how it's written. But typically, HOAs are, it, it, it takes a, a heavy lift and then lots of legal challenges afterwards to. All the legislature has to do is declare that there's a compelling public exactly. <laughs> and they can override any subdivision. Yes. And they've done it multiple times. That's probably scary in a, in a litmus production program. Yeah. yeah. Because right now, almost just about every existing subdivision and not newer ones, but older ones, have a, have like a, on the face of the plat that none of the lots shall be subdivided. Yeah. And we've subdivided plenty of them. Yeah. Um, that cool. specific one that we take a look at it but i i think yeah it's on the right track so going on to this tight knit feel um i'm going to wordsmith this a little bit more so paragraph two you've got middle um in the middle of the paragraph these types of activities enhance the social fabric of the neighborhood right that sort of feels like oh this social fabric is sort of divine defined i would propose maybe these type of activities enhance the community feel or keeps this neighborhood com How about it just enhances the neighborhood? It, it just enhances the neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, which sentence are you talking this about? This is the... Um, halfway down, these types of activities enhance on the second paragraph. Yeah, so um, oh. line five of paragraph two. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been reviewing documents all day, so... So what do you want to change it to? Just kind of um, uh, moving away from the social fabric phrase, yeah. uh, getting yes. into something more inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these activities enhance the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I have to say what part of it. So you've got nearby community center, nearby public library. Yeah. Um, should we also mention how hey, there's the churches nearby as well, or to sort of put that as should that be? Mentioned as well. They're generally not public spaces. No, yeah. 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 Okay. Any other ideas? Um, so, this is a future envisioned community center we're talking about. Right? Exactly. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is a vision of what this we'd is like. 20 not years what from we now. Have yeah, because, right. the inter uh, interconnecting transportation networks definitely aren't the streets of our subdivisions. <laughs> Do you know when this was drafted? When was this created? Well, this is a new one, but oh, the, yeah. the existing one was uh, adopted in 2015. Gotcha. So, and that is quite um, a bit shorter. It's very kind of bare bones compared to, to this one. We had a total of three meetings on the neighborhood plan shortly after annexation. Mm -hmm. This little typo. It, it wasn't. Which one? It was. It was a. Bye, thanks. Principal. <laughs> principal. Yeah. Principal should be T L E S. Okay. Yeah. T A L S. Gotcha. I was like, is this a school principal? <laughs> <laughs> like, instead that to me. Okay. There are quite a few of those in the neighborhood, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now, I'll add a little bit of context to the importance of the vision statement, and this goes for the the new vision statement we're drafting for the comprehensive plan of, um, we completed, a, and I know Leander's already talked to you all about this, we completed an equity scan of our whole comp plan in 2022, trying to find words that might kind of read as coded, like tight knit, 
like that might seem inclusive. And so, and one of the, one of the phrases that we used a lot um, in the last version of the comp plan and the last adopted version was like community character and retain residential character. And that means something very different to everyone. And so we were trying to search around for, you know, what, well, how do we describe that better? And what we're, what I think we're kind of looking at as well, the vision statement is a really good definition of the kinds of things that people want to see. And that really is the description of the character. And so in the goals and policies, Leander will probably be referencing the vision for the neighborhood or the guiding principles for the neighborhood. And so um, that's why this is so important because we're probably going to employ a reference to the vision statement in a lot of places where we might have said like character before. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, like cool. just circling it back to, the, to what we really want out of uh, the future of Kingsgate. One of the things that periodically people comment on on Facebook is, and I may can't regulate it in the, you know, in the city policy, but in Kingsgate, they're looking for like a, a coffee house mm -hmm. or someplace you can go that's, you know, like more <coughs> one of the fancy ones. And so, so you can meet neighbors and, yep. friends and have mm -hmm. coffee or have a, a lunch or something. Um, you know, a lot of people start looking for that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was uh, trying to get at with the social fabric, <laughs> like those those public spaces, collective activities. They really like, connect people and uh, connect the neighborhood to each other. Um, so I'll we'll kind of figure out a better way to say that because it is important and it is brought up, especially with uh, the youth. They really want places where they can go without having to spend money, without having to um, buy something, and just be there, meet their friends, do homework, um, that's not a library, so they don't have to be quiet, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, so it is important. Any other um, big topics for the vision statement? There's always gonna be, um, until until we adopt it, it's in, it's in flex. So if we think of something later, let me know. Um, I'll be coming back to you all in March and we'll talk about the next steps, but mm -hmm. with the draft, um, and that'll include a revised vision statement, so. Is, is there, I know they just remodeled the library, but is there any way of getting the county maybe to add more meeting space to that property? Maybe. Yeah, I can ask. I've been in contact with uh, library leadership, King County Library Service, uh, King County Library System leadership uh -huh. um, about the Kingsgate location and specifically how to better utilize it, what they need, what they're facing currently, how many people come each day, things like that. So I'll ask them. It might be something that they've already talked about or they might have plans, but I'm just not aware of them. Because right now you can only use the meeting room for like a group of some kind. Yeah, like a visioning event. Yeah, and you know, it's, if we had more meeting space or they had bungalows or something that looked attractive, um, you know, that they put on the property that's part of the library that we could use more as a community. I have a similar thought. So with the new fire station that's being built, Will there be a community room that's going to be accessible? Because I know that Kirkland advertised that another fire station is going to have a community a few room. Of them that, do. Yeah, a few of them have that. I'm not sure about yeah. the most recent one in Kingsgate. Sorry, I missed what was the question. Uh, will the new fire station have a community room? It does not. No. Mm -hmm. I just toured it like two weeks ago and it doesn't have. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. That's too bad. 
Uh, actually, that's another thing we can put in the draft. We're finally going to have a good emergency plan, emergency service. Emergency services, sure. But the hospital does. Yeah. Community room, kind of. Yeah, they've got they've got several community rooms. We've got the Friends of Youth as well. Yeah. yeah. And then, mm. well, the Justice Center has at least one, maybe more than one. But I think the, the, the largest room that's kind of public close to our neighborhood is the one on the first floor of the tan building at the hospital. Yeah. Um, I agree with using the library rooms better. I know that in the afternoons, there are groups of moms actually try to use that space for play groups. So I think it's great that we can use the building like kind of all throughout the day. So being more creative about how we can maximize the use of these communal spaces would be really helpful. Yeah, the existing community spaces. Great point, Shauna. Okay, well, I will table that for now. Um, we will come back um, and discuss it further uh, with the amount of time we have left. I just wanna go over what will be changed in the neighborhood plan. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of reformatting the Kingsgate uh, existing plan, as I mentioned, was adopted in 2015. We've had a couple neighborhood plan updates since then in other neighborhoods. So we just want to reformat this one to get it consistent with the more recently updated ones. We'll be reevaluating and prioritizing and transforming the existing policy statements. Um, so that is one thing that we'll be working on. Excuse me. Uh, we'll be revising our vision statement, of course. We'll describe current land uses, including any changes that might have happened since 2015. Not sure off the top of my head if there are any, but I, I assume there would be maybe a couple. Um, we're going to consolidate the historical text about the area. So there is a historical portion in the existing plan. It's not very Kingsgate specific, so we're going to do um, a, a consolidation of that and throw it into the comprehensive plan. Uh, like in a, maybe in an appendix where all the history of Kirkland lives and anything that's still specific to Kingsgate, like if some some um, native happenings or historical structures exist in Kingsgate, we would leave that in the neighborhood plan. But other than that, we're just going to be taking the general Kirkland history uh, text and moving it to a general part of the comprehensive plan since it's not necessarily Kingsgate specific currently. Um, We'll have a sort of equity scrub is what we're calling it, where we look at the narrative text within the neighborhood plan to make sure it's welcoming to those who live and work outside of the neighborhood, but might want to live here. Um, things like tight knit and uh, community character can be um, dog whistled of sorts. So just um, being cognizant of those of those terms and getting rid of them and replacing them where we need to. We are going to have some policy text um, and support text for our middle housing efforts that have come a long way since 2015, our affordable housing policies and uh, multifamily zoned areas. Uh, we wanna be consistent with the housing elements within the general comprehensive plan. And then we're gonna be adding a lot of support to several citywide plans like our um, housing strategy plan, our sustainability, sustainability strategic plan. So how are we gonna um, meet those greenhouse gas uh, reduction of targets with specifically in Kingsgate. Uh, transportation strategic plan is also being updated. So we'll, we'll um, wanna be consistent with that. Uh, the Kirkland Parks Recreation and Open Space, the PROS plan that was adopted last year. Um, we will 
increase the amount of supported text for that document as well. And then just updating any out of date text or text that's no longer relevant. Um, I think there's been a couple of flags and the existing uh, document or the existing plan that we'll need to update just because of times and the changes that have been made um, between now and 2015. And then we're gonna be considering policy and land use um, decisions or policy direction that might connect key places in the, near, uh, in the neighborhood. So 132nd Square Park to Totem Lake, major neighborhood arterials to the CKC, the Kingsgate Library to schools. One question I had for the group is, what kind of connections are desired between those locations? I think there's roads that connect you eventually to the between those two locations, but are we looking at bike connections, pedestrian connections, um, buffered pedestrian connections, where you're not um, near vehicles? What types of connections do you all think would benefit that those uh, key areas the most? I would say bicycle and pedestrian to the CKC. Sure. Between our neighborhood and the CKC is a pretty steep slope. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's some access points. And there's some, I've never done the full stairs from up by uh, Madison House down the on the uh, mm -hmm. power lines. I've never done those full stairs, but I'm betting they aren't real good. <laughs> I, I just haven't ever done them. So I, I don't know some of those connections, so it'd be easier to get to those. You, you don't necessarily want to have to drive your car with your bicycle to be able to use the CKC. That's kind of yeah. defeating the purpose. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's helpful. And I'd like to clarify with, to Totem Lake, the commercial area of Totem Lake, right? The shopping center, the hospital. Not the actual lake or not yeah. the neighborhood necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I'll, I'll clarify. The new village, policy. so we don't have to drive a car through there. Yeah. yeah. I can't try to park anywhere in there. I walk there. My other half walks there all the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's. It can get busy in there. Okay, that's helpful. Um, and then we're going to also be updating the photos within the plan. We have ideas. There's every neighborhood plan has like a cover photo. So I was just curious if you all have any ideas besides hmm. some obvious ones, maybe like the Kingsgate Library or 132nd Square Park. Any other nice places where we could maybe not even a cover photo, but just within the plan have photos of important parts of the neighborhood? Not so much important parts of the neighborhood, but I notice a lot of other areas like Kirkland's Totem Lake neighborhood or Kirkland's North. Is it possible we can get Kirkland to have a sign say the King's Seattle neighborhood or where we're going to call the neighborhood <laughs> yeah. down the line because that would make up a, a like good a neighborhood sign? sign. Yeah, that would be nice. Gateway sign. There, okay. There's already Kingsgate signs up there, but yeah, but that's, that's a HOA. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I do have a question on this whole process. We've talked the vision and what we like and all of that. Um, you're talking about updating the land use policies since the last update. Um, yeah. Have there been any community, um, any individuals or staff members that have recommended any land use or zoning changes within our neighborhood that we will see before the plan comes out, the draft plan comes out? Not for Kingsgate, no. So there have not been any community initiated land use requests. Um, I, that might be a little misleading. We're just gonna see if the current plan needs to be updated with any citywide land use changes that we've made. Um, 
which I don't think there are many, if any, in Kingsgate since 2015 that would need to be rewritten in the plan, but that's just something we'll be looking into. But sometimes with the neighborhood plan update, there are community initiated amendment requests. We're doing, we're dealing with two in Juanita for the Michaels and the Goodwill site. So nothing specifically in the neighborhood boundaries of Kingsgate. Okay, that's we, fine. We are with the general land use. We are studying the potential of adding residential capacity along frequent, tra frequent transit routes, mm -hmm. but those, all in we we just published a map in the planning commission packet for tomorrow of where we're saying those but i don't think um, i don't think we have any run through <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any trails that's like the only citywide one that would even possibly touch. okay yeah. okay is michael still be taken down tbd susan i'm not sure <laughs> Oh, we're we're working through that. Where, um, where do we go to a craft store? <laughs> Maybe we'll move it to Kingsgate. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know we're a little out of time, so I will. Okay, I will. Um, okay, thanks, Shauna. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for providing your input. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Just to review quickly the next steps. So with the guidance from the working group um, and the recommended vision statement. As a guiding light, we are going to prepare and edit the draft plans from now until we meet next, which will be probably sometime in mid-March. Um, the working group will then receive the drafted plan in full. You'll be able to comment on the drafted plan. We'll take your comments um, to Planning Commission for a study session on that draft plan in April. Staff will then take the Planning Commission recommendations or uh, guidance along with the working group comments and revise the plan again make sure it looks good. And then it will eventually go to public hearing for a planning commission recommendation tentatively set for May 9th. Um, after that, after they make their recommendation, city council will be briefed on the drafted plan and we're shooting for an adoption later this year around uh, November for this plan. That's just kind of letting you know the next steps and the opportunities for um, more input as well. Could, could you send me this? slide so I can send it out to my membership so they know what the upcoming steps are so they can participate if they want. Yes, and that brings me to my next slide. I will do oh. that. Um, but just stay involved and we really uh, really value the, the community input. We can't, I couldn't have done this um, drafting without you all. So by staying involved, we are hoping that some or all of the working group can attend the planning commission briefing at the end of the month or attend the city council briefing, um, oops, not the end of the month, but that'll be at the end of February, just to uh, give your experience and um, share your experience with council and with planning commission and provide your insights to them directly as they're the, uh, they're the ones making recommendations for how this is gonna play out. So if they hear it from the group, it, it tends to bolster any, um, any ideas that you have. And then participating in the review of the drafted plan. So the next working group is uh, scheduled for March and we'll really be leaning on you all to help us get this um, tailored up in a way that makes sense in a way that we can build on it for the next 20 years, or at least when it's up to, until it's updated again in 10 years. But you'll send it out as a word file so we can yeah. comment on it and send it to you in writing because yeah. I, I have some business travel in mid-March. I might not be able to attend that meeting. Okay. Yeah, no worries. It'll, it'll come to you well in advance too. So you'll have a chance to look at it, uh, provide input, and then in in March we can record that session and uh, send it out. Is that date already set? 
mid and part. Mm -hmm. so okay, well, as soon as it's set, I'll pull the group. Let us know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, pull, I'll pull yeah. the group um, to figure out which states in March are, are best, most available for you all, and uh, we will go from there. At what point do we receive the uh, final version of the vision statement that we worked on today? That will be next time we uh, actually the in final. The, draft. the yeah, in it's a the, draft. Next well, the time final time. final won't be until I would say May 9th is when the public hearing will happen, and that's the we're going to be bringing the finalized draft to planning commission okay. and that'll include the updates that we did here as well as all the policy updates that's right <laughs> so mid-march we'll see another one okay. yes okay. i'll take the feedback that we talked about today as well as some other feedback we've received switch it up tailor it and then mm -hmm. you'll see another draft but that necessarily or that won't necessarily be the final draft because it up, then has to go to planning commission they might have comments we'll incorporate those comments mm -hmm. take it to them again and then we'll go to council Okay, so uh, basically not just the City Council, but the Planning Commission has to sign off on this before it goes to the City Council. Yep, they'll make a recommendation to adopt as drafted by okay. staff. And what we'll probably do in this case, because the, this is a unique project in the involvement of the working group, what we would probably do is note if the Planning Commission made a suggested amendment to the working group's version of the vision statement so that city council knows the working group suggested this, planning commission suggested mm -hmm. that. So if there are changes um, that we call those out so that your um, perspective is still represented in what council's looking at for adoption. Great. Any questions, any comments? This has been great. Thank you all so much for being here. Thanks for the energy you put into making this. Yeah. Yes. yes, thank you. Happy to do it. It needed it. <laughs>